Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton. Just before we bring aboard Louis DeBrusque, uh, Fletch from Calgary says, Bob, the nurse haters probably never played hockey or for sure not at a high enough level to even have an opinion. The Oilers played well enough to have won the last two games, but that's why you play them to see who wins. Living in Calgary, says Fletch, has been difficult as an Oilers fan. I've never seen so many Flames fans wanting to bet on Saturday's game. Go Oilers. Well, Calgary's had a good season. It was predicted by some. I will tell you right now, I think I was more bullish on the Flames than some of the media guys down in Calgary at the start of the year. I know I was because I knew Markstrom was going to bounce back. Now, I didn't think they'd be this good. I'll be honest. I had Edmonton and Vegas competing for top spot. As it turns out, they might be competing for a spot, but it might be competing for a spot in the playoffs, though I think the Oilers are going to be in um, a decent uh, uh, decent uh, position. All right, without further ado, we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Every Thursday in Oilers now for GCL Diesel. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrus joins us. GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Visit GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How you doing? How are you doing today? Oh, not bad. Uh, you know, Dar- Darnell Nurse said uh, a, a couple, a couple. Like he plays a ton. He plays twenty six minutes a game. He's a significant plus player this season. Uh, and it's it's a funny thing. In you know, I and and here's the thing. The texture suggests well, if you have, haven't played hockey, you don't get you, you don't get the value of Nurse. Uh, I would suggest to you that there's lots of people that maybe didn't play a lot of hockey growing up that can see the value in Nurse. But we might have a small percentage of the vocal minority that likes to, to you know it's, it's there's certain players that. Uh, you know, yes, Apolliarvi is a player. Ethan Bear was another player. That in the eyes of 99.9% of the fans, you know, had had no warts in their game ever. And conversely, with Darnell, it seems to me that there's a little bit higher percentage than 0.01% that kind of want to pick apart his game. Uh, what are your thoughts on Darnell? Well, listen, we're talking about one game. You know, we're talking about one game where. You know, it was a couple of bad reads in the last couple of goals and an opportunistic team that scored goals. You know, that's the only way I really look at it. And, I, you know, I, even on the, the two-on-one with Seg and, you know, where, you know, CC, I think at the last second he looks up when he tried to make a different play, but it rolls in, it's pinched off on the wall. But you look where Tyler Sagan was on that play. He was 10 feet on the offensive side of the defenseman. Yeah. So if that puck gets through... Again, I, and I hate saying this, but if that puck gets through, you know, he's back-checking. And who knows what happens. There's potentially an outnumber rush to their way. Um, credit them. They pushed. Uh, Rope Hintz caught them flat-footed on the blue line. Uh, no question about that. It was a beautiful goal by him. Garyanov fights off a stick on the back-check and is able to stay strong and just chip that home after a nice play by Sagan. You have to tip your hat sometimes to offensive players when they make plays like that, as Edmonton's offensive players do a lot of times on opposing Ds, but we don't criticize their Ds on the play. We say it's an amazing offensive play. Um, I will say, though, when you look at the, the previous five games for Darnell Nurse, I think he was plus nine, plus eight. 
Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It was a minus two game a, in a critical time. It's a three-two lead that you battled back to main to to obtain, and it just it was. A, that's probably why I think the criticism is higher after that game. I can guarantee you, Darnell's the one that understands it the most, though. After the game, he's sitting there. He, they know they take a lot of pride in the fact that they're the number one pairing. Um, they want to shut people down. They want to be strong defensively first and foremost, and then the offense is secondary. Um, that's the way you're always thinking, especially as a defenseman. Um, defense first. And when that happens in quick succession like it did, there was three different times, quick goals, um, two for them and for the Dallas Stars and one for Edmonton. It was kind of one of those games where each team capitalized in little bursts and they found a way to win it. But a tough turnaround. I'm not trying to make excuses for anybody. It was a tough turnaround coming from Colorado, a little bit of a delay getting out of the city, getting into Dallas late, playing another game. Um Two very good teams. I, I think that both of those teams, the Dallas Stars, are going to push down the stretch. They're going to get in there. They're going to be a really hard out once again in the playoffs. And the Avalanche, I think, are a team that, uh, you know, obviously is the best team in the NHL. Certainly the best team in the West. I always like to kind of split that up because they don't see each other a whole lot during the season. But they are the team to beat in the West, no question. And I really like the performance by Edmonton against them. So. That's what you, you you scratch it off is that. You, you're back to the drawing board two days later against a team that just beat a very good team at home in Calgary, and you have to be ready for them. And that's I think that's where the mentality of Edmonton, who is, you know, 5-1-1 one, and one in the last seven. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know what else here, Louie? I mean, look, this is, in, in, in football terminology, this is called a trap game. And, that, and, and I don't want to – San Jose's got a lot of proud veteran players. They can't play worse than they did against Edmonton back on uh, Valentine's Day when the Oilers went in there and outshot them 39 to 20 and won three nothing and you know a couple good saves early from Skinner and then he had a relatively easy shutout the rest of the way. We know San Jose is going to play a lot better tonight. Oh, I agree, and I, you know I think in that game too it could have been so much worse if it wasn't for James Reimer. He was unbelievable in that game. He made some unbelievable saves to even let. San Jose hang around in that one for a while, but they are a different team. They're playing a little freer. They've got a lot younger guys stepping into the lineup. I think Jack told me this morning, 11 guys with 80 NHL games or less in their lineup. So when you're playing a team like that, very similar to the last three home games for Edmonton, you know, and, and I'll go back to the last week when they were playing those games. You look at those games on the schedule. Okay, Detroit's coming in here. Buffalo's coming here. New Jersey, three teams that have struggled this year, but three teams that are playing very free playing very free, a lot of young players in their lineup. They're playing a fast-paced game. They're excited to be in the lineup, number one. They're excited to be playing in the NHL. They're a dangerous team. And I look at the San Jose Sharks as the same kind of team coming into Rogers' place. They're a bunch of guys that are playing not only for this year, but potentially next year for their careers. They've got some real good veteran players that have been around for a long time, some of the best in the league. So, you can, you can never take any team lightly, but this is a dangerous team, and I think Edmonton understands that. But looking on paper and looking at the line combinations they're going to put forth here with adding Derek Broussard into the lineup with Ryan Nugent Hopkins coming back, they should be the deeper team, and if they go out there and take care of business, they should be able to take care of business. Louis DeBrus joining us from Sportsnet, brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Visit GCLDiesel.com. All right, let's talk a bit about the line combo. So they're not going to change up that top line of McDavid along with Kane and Yamamoto. They've each got six goals in the last uh, seven games. I mean, that's 18 goals between three guys over the last seven guys evenly distributed that's about all you can ask for for a top line isn't it Louis? Oh, it's 
it's unbelievable. Yeah, 32 points combined in that span. So, I mean, you <laughs> that's the one line that didn't change, and rightfully so. And we didn't expect that line to change. I don't know why you would ever mess with that type of chemistry right now that's going. The switch by Jay Woodcroft and the coaching staff to just switch the centers um, really seemed to spark the offense. And, and I will say, I think Leon's line had some terrific, terrific Yep. sequences in games, in the last couple of games especially. I thought early against the Avalanche, they were in the offensive zone. They held a lot of pucks. They had their chances against the Dallas Stars. A few really good opportunities that maybe got passed up. You know, we talked about Poliarvi not taking the shot, not driving the puck to the net. I mean, that's only a couple of situations, but, you know, a little bit more of a killer instinct. But they certainly did create, and they spent a lot of time in the offensive zone. But that top line is rolling. Um, yeah, I wouldn't touch that at all, and rightfully so. All right, Louie, and I'm going to ask the listeners to jump in here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. The Edmonton Oilers, tonight is game number 65 for them. they got 18 games left in the regular season. Connor McDavid has 667 points in his career. Does he get 33 more points to get to, in the next 18 games, to get to 700 career points? So he'd pass the 600 and 700 point plateau in the same season. He's late in the National Hockey League right now of 93 points. 33 more points will get him to 126 on the season. What do you think, Louie? Does he do it? That's, that's a lot of points over an 18 you know, game you know run. What, you know it's crazy though? If you look at you know, over the course of his career, and especially in the last five years, the last 25 games of the season, we had a graphic up there not too long ago. I think that the lowest that he's put up is 36 a couple times. So I got to tell you, he's on a—he's been putting up a couple games, a couple points a game again. He's on a stretch right now where he is putting up two points per game um, and a seven-game point streak. Why not? I'll say he gets it. All right. Uh, Ryan McLeod moved to line Hyman over to the right side with dry saddle. It bumps Pugliarvi down. Are you concerned about Yessa Pugliarvi a bit? I mean, he, he came back from uh, the uh, having the being in COVID protocol. Uh, I thought struggled a little bit, and then you, you know he hasn't. He was really good earlier in the year. Uh, I know that the Pugliarvi supporters would say he's got to be on right wing with McDavid because the analytics would support that. Uh, tonight he's going to be if Nugent Hopkins and Broussard. But are you concerned at all about Jesse? I don't know if concern is the word, but maybe a little bit. Um, but I understand that he is coming back from a lengthy um, time off where sometimes it takes you a little more time to get into it. For me, and this is going to sound contradictive, because, you know, we always say, you know, think out there, use your mind, you know, process the game at a high pace, make plays. For Yessa, though, and for the type of player that he is for me, I think the less that he thinks, the more he does. And what I mean by that, and I don't mean don't think, I mean have a one-track mind. He, he's a big human being. He disrupts on the on the forecheck. He can get in there and turn over pucks. He's always had a nose for that. But when he gets it, you start overthinking the situation of where you want to go with that puck or what you want to do with it. Number one, the legs straighten. You're not skating. Number two, you're not taking opportunities to present themselves. So for me, it's about just be that bull in a china shop. Be that guy that gets that puck and drives the puck to the net. Take out everybody going to the net. Draw a penalty because you're a big man. Jamming a goal from two feet away. You know, that, that that's the kind of a sequence that 
you know, when I think of yes, a Pulley pounce on a puck, it's off your stick in a moment's notice for the shot. If you look at the goals that he scored throughout his career and especially this year, you're not seeing a whole lot where he's dangling, toe dragging, walking around, you know, backhand shelf type of thing. It's bang, he's in alone, he scores. Bang, he pounces on a puck, it's off of his stick, it's in the back of the net. And if he starts to sharpen that up, which also takes a little bit of time sometime, that's when it'll turn around. Um, move the feet. We, we hear it all the time. You know, what every young player goes through, and a lot of older players go through it as well, when you start to think and start to try and process and you start to lack a little bit of confidence, your legs stop moving. And that's the number one ingredient, though, for Yesapoliarby. And as soon as you see him start to ski when he gets the puck, and what I mean by that is he straightens his leg up a little bit and he starts to – that's when you go, uh-oh, you know, you got to get going here. When he's moving his feet and pumping them, he's a dangerous player. So I think he can get back to that. He's playing with Ryan Nugent-Hopkins tonight. That's the one great thing about Edmonton. The three centers now with Nugent-Hopkins coming back tonight. You've got – a lot of different options for Jay Woodcroft and his coaching staff to put different combinations together. He's played with Ryan Nugent Hopkins before. Uh, just go out and play this game, though. For, for Yessa Pugliarvi, I don't necessarily look at him as a player that needs other players for him to be an effective player. I look at him as a guy that goes out there and plays the same way regardless of who he's playing with, and he's the one that creates, and he's the one that's, that, that disrupts because of the way he plays. And if he just goes out there and keeps it simplified, I think good things will happen for him. He's been sniffing around it, Bob. He's had opportunities. There's been a couple really good chances, and uh, I think he should get a couple of game, which he usually does. You know, it's interesting with Yessa because, you know, he, he was a big kid at a young age, he played in a man's leagues game in a league that's not overly physical. And one thing I've noticed, Louie, and I'm going I'm to ask you about a specific guy who used to do this, but if I could have done things over when I was younger, I was not one of those guys when somebody did something to me, I wasn't guaranteed every time I was going to go back at a guy. Sometimes I would, sometimes I wouldn't. That was a mistake. I, You know what? Like, you know, if you grew up and Mark Tenorti was like a huge guy, you know? Gotta go back at him, even if he's gonna cross check you in the face and beat the crap out of you. Which you know, as you know, Mark Tenorti could do that. But I, I there's times that I watched Je- Jesse out there, and I see guys take advantage of him on. I'm not saying he has to fight, but he has to go back and bury that guy with the hit the next chance he gets. You know what I'm? And I don't know if it's just a byproduct of it being a different time because I do see some you know some of today's players do it like if you do something to Marshawn who's a little guy he's going to get you back he's going to you watch him all the time when you played when you played were were there guys that you knew that if you ran them or if you stuck them they were going to drill you and chirp you and chop you back were there guys like that even if they were smaller than you you knew it was coming 100% and, you know, that's the, I mean, that's kind of getting back to what I was saying also about Yessa early in the season when, when he came in. I mean, just go back and look at the way he was jumping, the way he was skating, the pace he was playing with, and there was an assertiveness to his game. He was running people over. And you yeah. know why? Because he was moving his feet. Yeah. Again, that's what it comes down to with him. When he's the one initiating that contact, you'd much rather be the one that initiates it than has someone else come after you first and you having to do something afterwards. But when he's skating and moving that big frame that he has, um, it only results in good things. It truly does. I mean, it's, and it seems simple. I understand. It's like, hey, just move your feet, skate hard, work hard. It's about committing to that, about understanding that that's what your game is based off of. 
And I thought he had a real good grasp of that early on. I really do. When he was playing his best hockey, if you look at it, the plays come naturally then. You're not thinking because it's just in the flow of the game. It just happens naturally. And it looks so smooth. Other times when you're second-guessing and you're starting to overthink a little bit, it looks choppy. You start to stick out a little bit too much. You start to hold on to a puck a little bit too much. And I think there's a few Oilers right now that are having that that kind of mental, I don't want to say uh, roadblock right now, but they're they're thinking that more is more, and that's not always the case. You know, and a couple guys that come to mind, like Zach Hyman. You know, Zach Hyman's a guy that, you know, for me, similar to Yessa, if he starts to overthink and try and make too many plays or hold on to a puck a little bit too long, you know, it just doesn't result in necessarily that clean, hard play that happens out of being quick to a puck, holding on, protecting, making that first play that comes your way, and it's a fluid motion. And we've seen him go through ups and downs throughout the season. The one thing that's always consistent with Zach Hyman, though, is he's got the work ethic. You can never question that. He is always going. He's always trying. He's always winning battles. He's always physical in his own way. And he's always finding that way to come up with that puck more often than not in a 50-50 battle. Warren Fogle, same thing. Now, he's going to be down the fourth line tonight. But, you know, for me, again, that's what it comes down to for him. It comes down to getting your feet moving early, a little bit more north and south instead of east and west. He's a big frame. He's another big guy that at the start of the year, we praised so much how he just took up space, drove a puck to a net, found ways to disrupt around that area, come up with loose pucks behind the net. He attacked a lot from below the goal line. And we're just not seeing that as much. We're not seeing that as much because, again, you get the puck, you start to dust it off, you start to look and think about it, overthinking once again. So as much as that sounds contradictive for me, it's just about – you know, simplifying the game, playing a hard game, but also playing to your strengths. Those three players that I mentioned, Hyman, Fogel, Pogliarvi, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of muscle, a lot of size on the flanks. And that's, that's kind of why they're in the lineup, is to create that. And the other good thing that will come from that, Bob, is more five-on-five penalties drawn. If you're continually driving pucks to the net, if you're continually challenging people physically with the puck on your stick, uh, with speed, I guarantee you a stick's going to get in the skates, you're going to get held, you're going to get hooked, you're going to draw more penalties, and if you don't, you're going to get a really good chance. All right, Luis, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Who was the guy when you played, you knew if you did something to him, he was giving it back to you? Was it everybody? Were there a couple guys in particular you're like, I better watch it here because... And, and I'm not even saying, like, because uh, Mitch has pointed out from Westlock, he goes, Bob, Jesse needs to become a little bit like Leon, who's really become effective with his stick. And I, I, I'd i have to agree. There are times Leon does some stuff on the ice where he protects himself out there. Uh, oh, yeah. Because he is targeted, because he's one of the five best players in the world, and he plays a, a physical puck possession game. Was it, Were there a couple guys when you played where you knew, you know what, if I run this guy, he's going to run me back or he's going to stick me? Well, you know, here's the thing. Gary Roberts, you know, Gary, but, but you got to remember, this is, you know, <laughs> there was two or three guys on every team that would fight you if you ran them. Yeah. So it's not like they were going to stick you. You knew that if you ran into them and just gave them a little bit of a stare down, the gloves were most likely coming off. So it's a little different. But I will say some of the star players or guys that became stars, I mean, listen, uh, Gary Roberts scored 50 goals. I mean, this guy was, you know, a, a great player, but, he didn't really take a clean hit too often. And that's, you know, Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett was a guy that I knew, um, and I fought him back in the day, but I knew that I, I bugged him and bugged him and bugged him until he fought me in that game. And we were set out there to check that line. Lemieux was on that line at that time. Yager was on that line at that time. And I'll tell you what, um, 
you know, it took a while, but when he finally snapped, it was, you know. Was that you know, the game? I, was Mac T? Was Mac T your center for that game? And he was all yep, over. Yep. It was yep, in Pittsburgh. and Kelly Buckberger, and we were sent out there to, to check that line. And it worked the first game. Didn't work the second game so well. But, I, he, you know, my job that night was to disrupt Rick Tockett as much as I could. And so every single face-off, I cross-checked him. Every single face-off, I pushed with him. And, you know, he's scoring 49 goals at that time. So he doesn't want to fight the guy that, you know, plays typically five minutes. So I understood why he didn't fight right away. But eventually, he got to the point where, you know, the old school Rick Talk came out and I ate the first 15 punches. But, you know, another guy, too, was uh, Keith Kachuk. Yeah. I took a healthy run at Keith Kachuk in Winnipeg one night. And uh, I had a, you know, it was like, you know, Tommy Boy when he gets hit with a piece of wood on the side of the road. <laughs> Not here, right here. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a mark across my face diagonally where he cross-checked me in the face, similar to what we're seeing Leon Dreisaitl do now. He's not afraid to get the stick up an elbow, a stinky shoulder, as you should. You know, I, I always say that. You should protect yourself out there, and if somebody's going to take should. a healthy run at you, you should... Uh, you should make sure that they know you're not going to be an easy target. Rick Tockett gave my son advice one time when he was really young. He said, here's advice from Uncle Talk. Don't ever take a clean hit. <laughs> and that was the mentality. Well, who then. was it that got Pugliarvi in the corner in Dallas? Was it uh, Hawk? Well, it, was, it would have been a left shot because Hockenpah's a right shot and Yes is on the right side. So I, I forget which Dallas defenseman. And he just, I mean, let's face it, he kind of, it almost. It was Lindell, I think, it was it? It was Lindell. And, and, and Yes was looking for a penalty. And I'm like, go back at him. Dump the puck in his quarter and run him from eight feet from the boards and drill him back. Don't take he's six foot four, you know. And it just you know. And the other thing about that too, and it's it's sometimes out of a guy's character to do that, and I understand that. Um, and, and the thing is, when you do do that. It kind of gets you into the game more too. Yeah. It, the adrenaline pumps up, you know. And I'm not talking fighting. You don't have to fight if you don't want to fight in this game anymore. That's don't. why I chuckle when people say, "Why do you fight after a clean hit?" Well. You don't have to drop the gloves if you don't want to. Yeah. You know that I mean. So there's a reason why they're dropping the gloves because they feel that they have to because it's just part of it. It's part of saying, yeah, you know what, I ran you over and I'm willing to fight to fight you for it. I don't care. And I think it even makes more of a statement when you do because it's like, yeah, I'm going to run you over, then I'll fight whoever comes, and then the next shift out there, I'm going to run you over again. Yeah. And there's nothing you're going to do about it. And you know what happens? Just look at Jacob Truba this year. He stepped up and clobbered guys this year. And he's fought. And he's fought. And you know what happens now? There's not as not as many guys chasing after him to fight after he hits somebody. Right. Because they're like, they understand that he's going to stick up for it. So that's just part of his game now. He just, you know what, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to play hard, play physical. Darnell Nurse, when he steps up and hits guys and, you know, runs a guy in the corner, there's not a whole lot of guys. When he comes into the scrum, it's, there's not a whole lot of guys that are standing around waiting too long to, to engage with them. So you have to build that reputation up for yourself, too, and understand that you know teams will realize that if you're going to come hard back at them, give them a shot back, you're, you're a hard guy to play against, and they're less likely to take that healthy run at you. I think it gives you a little bit of space. There's all those little games that go on inside the game that you're constantly trying to work on, and... You know what? Listen, it's not nearly as physical a league as it used to be, but because it's such a fast league, when when there is a hit nowadays, it's 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 usually pretty it's, it's yeah. a pretty aggressive hit because it's so fast. Louis, we got to run. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for your time. 
All right, take care, Bob. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Louis DeBrusque has got the call of tonight's game on the television side with Jack Michaels, Gene Principe, will be walking, engaged, and myself during the intermissions. Uh, Louis' appearances are brought to you by GCL Diesel. We'll tell you guests and orders now receive gift certificates too. Roost Chris Steakhouse, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roost Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. We'll take a timeout, come back. We're going to wheel in a bunch of your texts coming up on the Ashley Pine Floors text line. Get to the orders now. Injury report after 1 o'clock for James H. Brown. 120 today, Kevin Weeks. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.